Welcome to our team. This is Sarah Tovavest, Parshas Chaye Sarah. Parshas Chaye Sarah, we know, is going to speak to us about Shlichus and Shluchim. And somehow, of course, within the context of the elections and this whole process and the miracle, we want to see how it all comes together. We understand that we're in the midst of a miracle, Tavshin Te'alaf. We're right in the middle of a miracle, in Balanesh when you're when you're sitting right inside a miracle, you don't necessarily recognize that you're in a miracle. And so it's difficult to know how to maneuver because it feels like the opposite of a miracle. So let's see let's see what there is from um from Parshish Kayasara. One of the things about yesterday when you know we had this news about the elections, there are a few, a few points to say. One is that it was Chav Cheshman, Rebbe Rashab. Rebbe Rashab's day. Uh, we learned um, a Sikha yesterday in which the Rebbe said that Rosh Hashanah and Chav Cheshman always come out on the same day of the week. So this year Rosh Hashanah was on Shabbos, so was Chav Cheshman. So from that, we didn't get to learn all of the sikha, but from that we really understand that um, there's a deep connection between Rosh Hashanah and Chav Cheshvan and the Rebbe Rashab's birthday. Now what is the Rebbe Rashab's birthday? It is, as we said last week, the opening of the channels to want to see truth. As we said a lot last week. To want to see Hashem. When you see Hashem, what do you see? Truth. Why is I mean, of course, Hashem is synonymous with truth. But but how do we see it that way? Because what does that mean we want to see truth? How, when we look at the world, if Hashem is covered, then we live in a world of lies. We think, you know, here's a sidewalk. It's nothing more or less than a sidewalk. And that's not the truth. There's a covering. There's a wrapping paper over the truth, over covering up Hashem. When we see Hashem directly, the concealment comes off, and then we see the truth. So seeing Hashem and seeing the truth are synonymous with each other, but we're talking about the real truth. So if Chav Cheshvan ushered in, began this, uh, this era where the simplest person would actually have a desire would have a burning desire to the point of tears because of the Rebbe Rashad to want to, to see truth. It's interesting that this whole battle, this electrical, electoral battle, is about truth versus non-truth. Fake news, real news, all of that stuff. Who is there to promote in the world for the next four years? <clears throat> who, uh, uh, who says he, want, he wants to promote God-given values, and who wants to promote man-made values, which Tyra says are not values of truth. Pretty clear. Um, everybody, it's worth it to to go on Rabbi Weisberg, Isser Z, Rabbi Isser Z Weisberg YouTube channel, because he has unbelievable insights. But so yesterday we got this news, and it was very interesting that it was in the middle of Shabbos. So for the rest of the world, right, people were coming up and saying, by the way, this and this happened in the election. 
So we were in that bubble of Shabbos, of holiness. And we were looking out at them. They were in the world, just like when we came out of Mitzrayim. They were in the world. The, the Mitzrayim, sorry, were in, in the world of darkness. When the plague of darkness happened, the Egyptians were inside of the plague of darkness. And simultaneously, we had light. We were in a bubble of light. Or they were in a bubble of darkness. I'm not sure which way it went. But two realities can coexist. They were in that darkness, and it was real. And we were in that light, and it was real. So yesterday was a similar situation. We were in Shabbos. When I went to 770, I went to Shul, and I spoke to people about the news. Hours later, they didn't know. How did they not know? They were in that bubble of light, of holiness. They were davening. They were learning. They weren't outside. They didn't hear the firecrackers. They didn't hear all of that. They didn't hear the horns honking and people parading. They didn't hear that. So it's interesting that Hashem would um, make this happen on a day when the yidden are in shul, the yidden are in the bubble of light. And we have to wait a number of hours to emerge into that more confusing world. I'm not going to call it the dark world, the more confusing world. So, um, interesting, it parallels the way the year started. The, the, the Rebbe speaks about um, one of the sikhs about which days Rosh Chodesh Elul comes out on. But I'm going to speak about transposing that to Rosh Hashanah. Which days did the year start with? This year, Rosh Hashanah was Shabbos and Sunday. That means that the world was set for this year. The year was set so that first it's Shabbos and then it's Sunday. First, we started off the year in a bubble of holy light where there's no concealment. And then the second day of Rosh Hashanah is being in the world, a Sunday. First a Shabbos, then a Sunday. There are other years when you start off, maybe Rosh Hashanah might be on Monday and Tuesday. Or I don't know if it can come out on Friday and Shabbos. I think so, yeah. But the fact that it starts, the year started this year on Shabbos, as the Rebbe says, Shabbos is Tainug. Shabbos is Kom The job is already done. You bask in Tainug, in divine pleasure. Which is not a vacation. Basking in divine pleasure is actually quite a difficult job. <laughs> it's, easy. it's easier to be in struggle mode. It's easier to be in Sunday than in Shabbos, quite honestly. You know, because we're so addicted to the struggle mode, it's all we know. So it seems like, I just, you know, have a good time. Um, it's work to get to have, it's work to, to step into and stay in divine kind of divine pleasure. But the fact is, we began the year with this reality. Your job is done. Now you go to a higher level job. Once I had an office job, and my, let's say, and I, w- I was at the switchboard, and my job was to filter the phone calls, let's say. And then eventually, 
they made me the CEO of the company. Or they made me, uh, I told them that I studied coaching, and they said, okay, so from now on, we don't want you to be at the switchboard. We want you to come in as a motivational speaker to the company three times a week to work with different parts of the company to motivate them to a better way of working and a better way of, of, of seeing the business. So they upgraded me to a much higher level job. It didn't happen, but I'm saying we're used to that. You got upgraded, you know, once you were the assistant, once you were the, were the assistant teacher. And then eventually you became the principal of the school. And then eventually you became the policymaker. And then eventually you became the, the motivational um, coach for the whole staff of the school. So you keep being upgraded. We have been upgraded this year from the workers, the drones, to the motivational speakers, to the ones who who are there to now explore divine pleasure. It's a whole other thing. It's not a simple thing to do, but it's a whole other thing. That is Shabbos, and the year started with Shabbos. I see I'm not getting to Parshat Chayesar. We'll, we'll get there. Now, interesting, I, until yesterday, I really never thought of this concept of Kofreshman comes out the same, the same day as Rosh Hashanah. And that means there's a deep connection between them. Maybe we can say, again, Chav Kreshman, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to use these words that haven't been said, but I'm going to use poetic license. You could say on some level, don't quote me, it's Rosh Hashanah for the desire to see truth. The burning, Rosh Hashanah for the burning desire to see truth. Why am I saying that? Because it's the day, the Rosh Hashanah for the Rebbe Rashad as a simple child, as a simple Jew, desperate to see Hashem. Desperate. Passionately desiring to see Hashem. So if the Rebbe Rashad opened up that channel, I'm going to call it Rosh Hashanah for the burning desire to see truth. Okay. Now, by the way, let's ask ourselves this question. When can you see truth better? When you're in the world with all the muck or when you're in divine pleasure? Tap tuning into divine kindness. I can tell you very personally, yesterday all day I was very upbeat about the process and what's going to, what's happening with, with so Rains, the whole thing with the elections and and it was extremely upbeat. The minute Shabbos ended, I just went, fell right into the politics of it and I felt very discouraged and very hopeless. I fell right down into the struggle of it. So I saw the difference between Shabbos and Sunday. I really felt it. So here's another point though. This, this, this unbelievable day it will go down in history. You know, we always, sorry, Chav Cheshvan will go down in history as not just the day that the Rebbe Rashab opened up the channels for us to desire to see Hashem, to, to see truth, but as the day when the whole world somehow tuned into that. That's my thought. That's my thought. That I believe I hope I'm right. I believe that 
this story of the Rebbe Rashab was taken out of the context of just applying to Jewish people. And the Rebbe Rashab has now expanded his reach to the entire world, Jew and non-Jew alike. We know, we know the battle that's being fought is that people are tired of lies, people are tired of corruption, people really want truth. We understand that some people digested it faster, some people, almost everybody in this election wants truth, only this group thinks truth comes from that way. And the other group thinks that truth comes from that way. But their kavana is one and the same. They all want truth. There are not a lot of people. Certainly not. There are some, there still are some evil people around, I guess, or people who embody evil. Not a lot. Most people, they may have been brainwashed to think that this and this is truth. But basic, they want to see truth. They feel like this was lies and this is truth. And the other ones feel like this was lies and this was truth. And we know that what Torah says is truth. It's easier for us. It's clearer. Of course, our job is to bring that to them. But basically, everybody wants what the Rebbe Rashab wants them to want. To see truth. And yesterday was a huge moment... As I said, that will go down in history as the Chavcheshvan of history that was probably one of the second most important Chavcheshvan of all of history was probably, the first one was in 1865, the original Chavcheshvan of the the Rebbe Rashab's birthday. And probably the second most important Chavcheshvan was yesterday. It was probably a decisive moment in world history forever, from Galus to Geula. It's going to take some time of back and forth and beer, you know, purification and lots of stuff. It's going to be a complex process, very complex. And a lot of stuff is, so to speak, going to hit the fan. And you even hear that according to the laws of nature, if you watch the different videos about the watermarks and the plans and the this and the that and the legal system and exploding all the lies and yeah, da, 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 da. It's going to be a wild and exciting ride. I can say that now from inside of the the bubble of learning. Outside of the bubble of learning, it's frightening. Inside the bubble of learning, I feel like it's going to be a wild and exciting ride. Because Asas and Yishmo are in the process of doing a deep tshuva. And you know what? I feel like we earned it. I feel like we went through... 4,000 years of unspeakable, horrific, beyond speakable atrocities at the hands of Esav and Yishmo. And we felt victimized, and we were. And Esav did not seem to have any intention of doing shuva or Yishmo. For us to be around to see the thing turning around, we earned it. To sit back and watch the show while Asav starts to fix. And it'll take a lot of fixing. What Asav has done to us throughout the generations, 4,000 years, 
It's unspeakable. Crusades, Holocaust, pogroms, Inquisition, um, etc., etc., etc. Plus, 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 blood libels. These things are unspeakable. Can't even write a book about them. It's too unspeakable. So here we are going to see things starting to turn around. And I guess our job, as the other thing is, to step into divine pleasure, into exploring Hashem, what Hashem wants from us, and exploring that relationship with Hashem in a deeper and a deeper way, living in the, in the, in Shabbos this year while it's happening. They will stay in the world. They've got work to do. They've got a lot of cleaning to do. We, we'll do our part by being in Shabbos. We actually probably have a harder job than them. Easier to go in the, into the world and clean up, clean up your act than to do what we have to do. But we've graduated. And we're ready for this new job. Now, one other point. Well, let's bring in Parshish Chayisara a bit. Sorry, I'm, just one more point. About Rosh Hashanah, it says that the Rebbeim would actually determine on Rosh Hashanah who was going to be president, leader, who was going to be elected, who were going to be the elected officials. We know by the, the Alta Rebbe. We know that Napoleon, the, the question was, who was going to be ruling the world for many years to come? Exactly the same question as now. At the time of the Alta Rebbe, you're talking about 1812. Who was going to be ruling, running the world? Was it going to be Napoleon? With that same philosophy. You know, it's me. I'm the leader. Eat, drink, and be merry. Do what you want. You know, have a good time, etc. It was an extremely unholy, unholy source to this philosophy. Um the Altarebbe knew that he cannot win. We would have suffered for hundreds of years if Napoleon had won. And so, and we would have been totally disconnected from Hashem and truth. So the Altarebbe on Rosh Hashanah blew Shifer first. The question was, who was going to blow Shifer first? Whoever blew Shifer first would win. And the Altarebbe blew Shifer first. So it was determined on Rosh Hashanah what would be the outcome of that year. It didn't happen until months later, many months later, in 1813, that Napoleon had his downfall. But it was determined on Rosh Hashanah. So when we're talking about the connection between Chavcheshvan and Rosh Hashanah, there we go. Not only that, in the story of the Rebbe Rashab, the Rebbe Rashab is going to his grandfather, his Zedith, the Tzemach Tzedek, and that's, what, and that's the one to whom he's, he's crying and demanding, or he's demanding of Hashem, but he's crying to the Tzemach Tzedek. Now, I heard the other day that the Tzemach Tzedek actually was sick. What I heard from somebody, the Tzemach Tzedek would sit on Rosh Hashanah and also do kind of a, a and determine, you know, pull strings, who's going to be, who's going to be in office and who's going to be running things that year. 
in the world, among the nations, not among the Jewish people, among the nations. So all of this coming together, that it all happened yesterday, this really pretty pivotal moment happened yesterday. Nobody can say it was an insignificant thing. Yesterday wasn't just a regular day. You know, I was walking around saying, wow, all the fireworks are celebrating the birthday of the Rebbe Rashab. But we understand that something really powerful is happening. And it's Geula powerful. So when it comes to Parshas Chayesara, of course Chayesara is the whole, the life of the continuation of Sari names. And essentially the focus that the Rebbe, is, is, <clears throat> that the Rebbe puts on this Parsha is a Shidduch for Yitzchak. The, the Shidduch of, the, the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka. Which then, which they are our forefather, foremother, which then give birth to this, this union, from this union, we all have come from this union. Everything that was created in this union, it's us. It's not only us, it's what we're going through today. It's the United States elections. It's all of that. And this union of Yitzchak and Rivka that the whole Parsha is kind of building up to is called in Kabbalistic, I believe, and I think in the Kutitera, the Yichud of Man Ban. The union of a deeply, a very lofty spiritual energy with a very um, user-friendly energy down here. Ma is Hashem, is the name of Hashem, as he is way above the world in a very lofty way. Very miraculous. And Ban is Hashem as he expresses himself here in this world. It was expressed by these two people, embodied by Yitzchak and Rivka. Yitzchak was pure, holy, Ayla Tamima. He was a perfect sacrifice. He never left the land of Israel. He was pure and holy. Remember, we talked about being in that bubble of Shabbos. It's kind of like Shabbos. Pure, holy, untouched by negativity, untouched by the world, untouched by, by the deceptions of the world. That was Yitzchak. Yitzchak. So he's from, he's like the energy of Ma. Rivka was the same but completely different. Rivka was the total opposite in that she did not live in a holy bubble of Eretz Yisrael. She lived in a family of gangsters who were worse than gangsters. Her father was, would have put it be put today, hopefully would have been put in jail for some very ugly crimes having to do with relationships. Um, and and this is how she grew up, in the land of Kharan, in this family of gangsters who did all the worst of eras, proudly. They weren't uncomfortable. And yet she herself remained pure She's like the paradigm of the Jew who remains in this ugly, destructive, ugly world of deception, and yet we ourselves are pure, a rose among thorns. 
So now, again, have this in mind. Yitzchak is maybe, you could say, like the rose, but no thorns. He's like the flower, the pure seed, the pure flower that is not surrounded by thorns. She's the rose surrounded by thorns. And he's just the pure flower. And the two of them have to unite. Not only that, not only that, that is us. We are this union. We are the children that come from this marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka. On the one hand, we have that identity. Maybe you can say that's our Shabbos identity. Pure, untouched, unsullied, not, not even dealing with the world of lies, not even dealing, dealing with the junk of the world. Our Shabbos identity. Like I said yesterday, walking into shul and seeing that nobody knew what was going on out on the street. When I, I spoke to, I, I even spoke to my husband and he was in, in shul and three hours later I said, you know, so what are they saying in shul about the election? He said, what, 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 I don't know, what, what's going on? That means all the people in shul, well, some of them, unless people came in, did not know, especially the women. Nobody was running in saying, guess what, what just happened? In certain shows, they were in that pure environment. That's us. That's Yitzchak. There's no interference of the junk of the world. That's us in our pristine state. That's us, the Maida'ani, of every one of us. Nothing can, nothing can sully it. Nothing can defile it. It's just pure. That is you. That is you as Yitzchak, embodied by Yitzchak, or that is Yitzchak embodied in you. And then there's the part of you that is in the world. You have, you go to Target, and you stand in line with everybody else, and then, and, you know, then you have to return it, and you buy it, and you, all that stuff, plus, 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 plus. I'm talking about the nicer stuff. But the uglier stuff, or, or for instance, sometimes people say, how can you explain how can you understand that a, a Jew should get involved in this, 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 and do such things? For instance, there is a person that we assume they say he's Jewish who funded the BLM movement and the ugliest parts of it, the non-sincere parts of it. And he doesn't seem to have very pure kavanas. So how could he, if he's Jewish? How could he? So we could say, first of all, is he really? Number one. Number two, he descended so much into the clutches of the klipa, of the thorns of that world of Haran in the family of gangsters. There's a, there's, there's a, there's, what's the word? Not template. There's a, there's a, okay, I'll say template. For that too, there's a template established for us, a precedent. Established for us to be totally pure and have nothing to do with the world. And we have moments, and that's Shabbos also. And there's a precedent for us, I'm saying us, you as an individual Jew, there's a precedent for you as an individual Jew to also be able to go into the world. And some Jews really, when they are exploring and fueled and somehow are pulled into the world of the mafia world, they can really end up in some pretty, pretty ugly places 
And they can even mimic the way people do things in those ugly places so that they mimic evil quite effectively. But there's an infinite difference between Rivka in her family and the rest of her family. Rivka, you know, Rivka, our, our foremother. Rivka, the wife of Yitzchak. Although she was part of that family, and they were mafiosa gangsters to the worst, worst extent, she was part of that family, and yet she remained pure. They were all part of that family. They did not remain pure. She was still different from them. Interesting that if this pure buffer, very tmimistic buffer, was going to marry someone, Find for him a girl who lives in Eretz Yisrael. What are you, what are you, what are you setting him up with such a girl? She's a nice girl, but look at who his in-laws are. There aren't nicer girls around. You have to, you know, she's the only girl in town. Find her a nice, find him a nice girl that, you know, hasn't, you know, been around, like, that, that, that has no connection to the, Stuff. Again, Rivka had no connection to the stuff, but which is which is why at age three she had to be taken out of there immediately because then it would have started to affect her, I guess. But what I'm saying is this is us. This is the Parsha. The Parsha is talking about me in my two identities and me in my two identities creating in me an identity crisis. Who am I? Am I Yitzchak or am I Rivka? Am I Shabbos or am I Sunday? Well, who am I really? I want to just be Shabbos. Hashem says, well, if you're Jewish, I would like to tell you you can, and you might say Mashiach, hopefully, yes. For now, you have to be Shabbos and Sunday together. You have to be Yitzchak and Rivka together. It's not going to be easy. 4,000 years of history, it has never been easier, easy for us. We wanted to just lock ourselves away in a quiet place, sit in the base measures, learn beautiful words of Tyra, and just be in a very, very sweet relationship with Hashem, and not deal with the world. But the world wouldn't let us. Because I guess that wasn't our mission. Hashem kept sending our enemies to us, to rip us out of the base medrash and drag us on the streets, Rahman Islam. Rip us out of the shul. We just want to be left alone. For, for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, we told them, we just want to be left alone. We don't want to make trouble for you. Whatever you want to do, because hate. Could we just ha- live quietly? Inter- By the way, I'm just saying, station identification. I was somewhere a few months ago, where a rabbi spoke in Shul, and he was saying, what do the non-Jews want from us? What does Asaph want from us? All we want is to be left alone to quietly live our lives. It was very difficult for me to hear this, what I'm saying, when I heard the rabbi say this, because um, I had to sit quietly, obviously, it's not my speech, but we're done with that one. Once upon a time, I, I was surprised that he was saying it, but, you know, where have you been? 
Once upon a time, all we wanted was to be left alone, to have this beautiful, Jewish relationship with Hashem. And the world wouldn't let us. They kept schlepping us out of They kept pulling us out of the shul. They kept pulling us out of the, the, the relationship. Like the nursing baby just wants to sit and nurse from its mother and no distractions. And the other kids come and pull the baby away. Our enemies would come, Asa would come and pull us away from this, you know, they would pull us away from this nice, sweet relationship. We are beyond that, done with that one. Our job is no longer to sit quietly and ask the, the nations to just let us sit quietly and have a nice communion with Hashem. Our job is now to go out and to influence them. We are no longer here to sit quietly. We're here to go out to the world and be influential. Be leaders. We're done. We, we're done with the period of sitting quietly, and we never got that quiet sitting either. You know, 4,000 years, we wanted to sit quietly. We still never got it. Too late. <laughs> it's too late. They aren't getting it, I guess, in Yemaisa Mashiach. Now our job is to go out and be leaders. So, um, So just a quote of, of peace, and we'll continue it over the next few days, from the Sikha of Tavshin and Beis, 1992, Parshat Chayisara. This Sikha, the whole focus is on everything I just said. Shlichus. Shlichus means, what is your mission here in the world? You as a child of the union of Yitzchak and Rivka, what are you here to do? And this sikha was said by the Rebbe in the middle of the King of the Shluchim, when all the Shluchim of all the Chabad houses all over the world come together and would come to the Rebbe. Um, and at that moment, the Rebbe announced that everything has changed. This is 30 years ago. Everything has changed. We're going to assume that since we know there's a big parallel between that year that time 30 years ago and this year, we're going to assume that we're at the next level of everything has changed. So what changed 30 years ago? So um, what is the Chiddush in the Avayt of Shlichus? In Shlichus meaning us fulfilling our mission in this world. So we said, that in general, there is a general nakuda, a general purpose of every single Jew. What is every single Jew here to do? A shlichus, a mission. What's your mission? I was created to serve my maker. That's what we were put into this world to do. That's why there was a marriage between Yitzchak and Rishka, to give birth to us so that we could be here to serve Hashem. Within that, there, we are all shluchim, emissaries of Hashem to do this and to bring goodness to the world. And within this there is there are um, the official shluchim that are, are appointed by the Friedrich Rebbe to do this full time, in a sense, to do this more formally. And being that there is a general principle to all of this which is, again we're all here to serve Hashem but from time to time, something new comes along. Brand new. A chiddush. It's a, it's a special shlichus, and it's the gateway for everything to go through. 
this change that happens historically, globally, it's the gateway through which everything changes. And this change, this chiddush, is not just another detail of life, but rather it's the most fundamental part of all Judaism, of all Yiddishkeit. It is and always was the basis of all Yiddishkeit, but the time had not come yet for it to be moved to the front burner of who we are and what we're here to achieve in the world. And what is it? What is this peace in our mission throughout history as Jews? What is this peace that has now moved to the front burner? Preparation for B.S. Mashiach Tukainu. Kabbalah Pnei Mashiach Tukainu Begula Mithisach Receiving Mashiach, preparing for Mashiach, and receiving Mashiach. And it takes through, it encompasses every detail of what we're here to do. So we came to a moment 30 years ago where there was a massive upgrade. And as the Rebbe said, we had already spoken 30 years ago. We came to the point where the Friedrich Rebbe told us, and Chazal said, Kala Kala Kitsin, all the end points that we've done, we've done with them. And we've even done Shuva. And we finished everything we needed to do, even polishing the buttons. And now we are standing ready for Kabbalah's famous shift of Canaan. So the Avaidah, our mission now is the upgrade, mission impossible, the upgrade in the mission now is to be ready in actuality to receive the Shirk Dikenu Bupayo Mamash in actuality. And therefore, the Rebbe said, and we'll end with this, what is the purpose of coming together? At that moment, it was the Kinnis HaShluchim. What is the purpose of thousands and thousands of Shluchim from all corners of the world all coming together to be in the presence of the Rebbe? What are they there for? Why didn't they stay in their places? Shluchim where they're accomplishing their mission. What are they here for? Why are they coming together? To get together and brainstorm and come up with good resolutions that they will do how to make this happen. In other words, it's one thing to recognize. We're here all together and we realize there's just been an upgrade. There's been an upgrade in Shluchus from we're here to serve Hashem to the upgrade of we're here to receive Mashiach. It's a big upgrade that happened 30 years ago. And it was that moment. It's one thing to hear the announcement. You have to digest it. And then you want to ask yourself, oh, okay, so given that it's a new reality, um, what do I do? You know, it's kind of like winning the lottery. Let's say a person all their life, they really struggled to pay the rent. They struggled financially with everything. When one is struggling financially, Rahman Khan, decisions are made in a certain way. What to buy, what to eat, what to wear, what to... Right? You know, should we, you know, invest in a, a new stove or should we fix this stove? Which person says, ah, throw it out, buy a new $3,000 stove or whatever it is, right? And the not rich person says, let's see if we can fix it and use it, right? So you make decisions in a certain way. Imagine one day you win the lottery. Now, the way you're going to make decisions has to totally change. 
really not going to work now to it's very different it's a very different way and now we have to think oh what do I do in knowing that it's a whole different reality I really have to adjust or let's say if I become the president of the United States <laughs> then you never know right then if I become the president everything changes they expect me to this 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 and this I have to move to the White House I uh, I become a public public figure. Uh, many, many, many things in my life will change. And I have to figure, oh, the news, you won. Sorry to the best, just won. You became the president of the United States. Mazel tov. Great. <laughs> now I have to ask myself, what do I do now that this is my new reality? There are lots of changes that have to happen. And so that is the purpose. That was the purpose 30 years ago when being with the Kinnis of Shluchim is going to be happening at the end of this week. Mostly, some, mostly virtually, not completely. Um, um, whatever, there, there will be a certain group that was given permission by doctors in Rabbanim to be here. A smaller group in a smaller venue. Really with the purpose of Kabbalah's name is Tenu. So, um, we all now have been upgraded, and we it looks to us like Schlichus maybe has been expanded to not just not just the formal Schlichus of the Fidic Rebbe and the Rebbe, and not just the Jewish people. The whole world now on some level has become emissaries of truth. Peace Corps, right? Emissaries of truth, but the real Peace Corps. When we were students, we all thought that Peace Corps was about the best thing that ever happened. Wow, Peace Corps. Of course, it was awful to find out how corrupt it was. It was really awful. You know, and UNICEF, you know, we used to go around with the UNICEF things and collect money for UNICEF, and we thought, wow, it's so amazing. We felt that we were, it was such a righteous thing to do, collecting money for UNICEF. Little did we know as we became adults, UNICEF was promoting the ugliest, I think it was like, whatever, horribly anti-Semitic things, whatever it was. It wasn't what we thought it was. So, and Peace Corps. Peace Corps wasn't what we thought it was. So the real Peace Corps are the Rebbe Shluchim. But the real Peace Corps now I feel like the Rebbe Rashad is is empowering and inviting an older Rebbe and every single human being to step into the real Peace Corps and sign up for the real, real Peace Corps that's here to bring real truth and real peace, Mashiach's peace, Mashiach's truth, Torah truth to the entire world. And that's what this week is about, Chayasara, this Shidduch, this marriage, this union. Of the purest part of ourselves and the part of ourselves that is in the world, three, three smarts, and this, and by, and has to be, the two of them coming together to create something gu'uladis, powerful and gu'uladis. So with that in mind, we understand that if the week began with, if the week began, you know, the later hours of Shabbos was when this whole new reality started. Something amazing is happening. Something amazing will continue to happen. It's nothing other than the revelation of truth, godliness, 
Shluchas, Shaira, Hashem, Mashiach, you name it, all of those things. And we're going to see even, we're going to see for sure this week with the Kinnis HaShluchim, massive changes happening in the world. Whether we see them immediately or not, there's going to be something miraculous happening. A huge piece of the Gula Mithis and we pray to Hashem that it should be the full Gula immediately now. <laughs>